This is The Pod Couple. I'm J.D. Mullane, columnist for the Bucks County Courier-Times. And I'm Phil John Ficaro, columnist for the Intelligencer. Today's headline is Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. is sworn as the nation's 46th president. Uh, Joe Biden uh, took control of the presidency today at 78. He becomes the oldest president to take the oath, facing a crush of national crises from all sides. Uh, Probably the most pressing one is the division in the country and the electorate. And today at his inaugural, he said, Phil, we can see each other not as adversaries, but as neighbors. We can treat each other with dignity and respect. We can join forces, stop the shouting, and lower the temperature. For without unity, there is no peace, only bitterness and fury, no progress, only exhausting outrage, no nation, only a state of chaos. This is our historic moment of crisis and challenge, and unity is the path forward, and we must meet this moment as the United States of America." End quote. Phil, I take the new president at his word. My question is, uh, does his base follow suit? I would hope so. Um, Look, you know, words are great. And I thought that the new president had the right tone today. Um, He, uh, you know, he talked about unity and he talked about how our differences uh, may divide us a bit, but it, it shouldn't fall into discourse um, you know, we shouldn't be rioting. We shouldn't be shooting each other. We shouldn't. Right. He, he, he said all the right things. But ultimately, and, you know, uh, you know, the proof's in the pudding. Right. It, it's it's his agenda. If he can if he can turn things around, if the if the if the economy gets better, if if the the the, the faction of the country that Donald Trump tapped into doesn't feel left behind or marginalized, if Biden can bring those people in and help them. And if we can get control of the, 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 the pandemic, and that seems to be uh, item number one for, for uh, the president, you know, all those things, if we can start to, to, to knit together America in those ways, then I think, you know, we have a chance to get together. But, you know, right now, the, the speech as, as good as it was, they're just words until, you know, again, the proof's in the pudding, can, can he deliver? Now he's got he's got some arm he's got some arms to do it. He's got the House, he's got the Senate, he's got the White House. Um, but you know we'll have to see. Yeah, and for those who are watching, I apologize. My uh, my Logitech camera, which I just installed minutes ago, keeps falling down. <laughs> so I'm just going to hold it here in place so it doesn't keep doing that. Yeah, look, I I, I recall uh, 2009 uh, when uh, Barack Obama was sworn in and. You know, there were calls to unity, but for the next two, three, four years, it was all Bush's fault. Everything went wrong. You know, uh, Obama and Biden said, that's Bush's fault. But remember that? It became I do. Line. So is that going to happen? Is the next two to three years going to be Trump's fault? Well, um, I mean, that makes good politics, he, I suppose, but it's certainly not uni- unifying. No, but, you know. Facts are facts. You know, Joe Biden is stepping into a mess, and much of that mess was he, the, his predecessor was responsible for that. Um, and and so he's got some cleaning up to do. You know, before you can start repairing the house, so to speak, you, you've 
you've got to take care of the leaky pipe in the in the ceiling, and that's the pandemic. So without that, I don't know how the economy turns around, um, and I just don't know how we can move forward until until we solve that problem. And you know, he's been Joe Biden's been talking about solving that problem. He's got a plan. Um, you know, he's going to be able to implement the plan. Um, but until we solve the pandemic problem, uh, these other problems aren't going to go away anytime soon. Yeah, you know, uh, the pandemic uh, will eventually be gone, and then there'll be uh, an economy that uh, is in shambles. Uh, in New Jersey, I just heard the other day, one-third of all small businesses have shuttered and aren't coming back. I, I really don't know how New Jersey, I, I, I don't, given its progressive leadership, uh, which appears to be inept when it comes to sensible um you know, economic policy uh, is ever going to overcome that. So um, Joe Biden has that problem nationally. And a lot of times that has to do with, you know, the president just being a cheerleader. There's things that a president can do, I suppose, uh, to improve the economy. Cutting red tape and regulations on business is one thing. Cutting taxes is another. You know, Congress uh, can get involved and, you know, he can make deals on Capitol Hill and, and get things rolling again. It always seems like those cuts to corporate taxes uh, get things started. Um, so he can do all of that, but most of it is you know, uh, cheerleading and just being kind of the cheerleader in chief, so to speak. I'm not sure uh, that Joe Biden can do that. And I'll tell you why, because he's got now a new uh, threat, so to speak, uh, from another part, and that's in today's Politico. There is a story in the Politico, which is an influential Beltway base publication about his cognitive decline, and a story in there about how he has to rehearse speeches over and over again until he commits them to memory. And last year, according to Politico uh, insiders, his own staff is telling this story to the Politico reporters, that um, he yelled at a, at a staffer, a speechwriter, I would never say anything like that. And they told Biden, well, sir, you had just, you said that just last week in another speech. So he's got this rising threat, Phil. I don't think it's fair uh, and I don't think it's right, but this is the way Beltway politics is. And I think that before he even gets going now, there's this story and I think it's a shot across you know, the Biden administration's bow and they're going for him. What do you think? Well, the <laughs> presidents have always had targets on their back, right? Um, and this is no different. You know, talked about cognitive de decline and, you know, Donald Trump was able to weather four years of people questioning whether he was irrational, uh, a malignant narcissist. Uh, some experts uh, have determined from afar. Um, so the target's always there. Um, justified or not. Um, but again, you know, it, it, it's all about what he can get done. And he, he's got a little bit of a grace period here, but he's got so many things that he's, he's got to address in, right. just one or two of these, one or two of these issues an economy and a pandemic um, would be more than enough for a, a new president uh, coming in to, to try to deal with. But you know, he's got a plate full of things that he's got to try to deal with all at once. Um, it's it's quite an undertaking. 
Um, but again, the tone that he set today, at least on the surface, and but and he's been saying this throughout the campaign, even if you don't vote for me, I'm your president. I won't forget you. He's been repeating this theme over and over again. And, you know, that was a great part of his speech today. Um, so if the other side, uh, people who didn't vote for him uh, are uncertain, I mean, he's trying to assure them there won't be forgotten. Um, and I, I kind of believe him. I mean, it just seems to be him. Um, he seems to be guided by principle and, and honesty, uh, something that I think was missing in the last president. Um, again, I keep saying it, but we'll have to see. Yeah, you know, the the um, uh, the economy may be the least of his problems. Uh, the biggest problem he may have is uh, a number I saw where 75% of Republicans believe the election was stolen. Now, if you do 20 minutes worth of research, you'll find that that's just not the case. This was the big falsehood pushed by Donald Trump. Ironically, the same falsehood pushed by Hillary Clinton. Both people, they've morphed into each other. They could not accept a legitimate defeat, you know. Uh, and But when you have that many Republicans, that much of the electorate, Phil, who uh, believes you know, their guy was swindled out of reelection and you're Joe Biden. What do you say? Do you just you, you can't just say ignore it and then let the New York Times op ed page take care of the rest and your cable, your your rear flank on on cable news networks, you know, mock those people. When you're Joe Biden, what do you do? What would Phil John Vaccaro say to those people? That 75% of Republicans who believe that he's not the legitimate president. I, I would say that um, this was a fair election. You may not believe it was. Um, there's no evidence of widespread fraud. Um, I would, here's what I really would hope. I really would. We've hope already that, heard all of that. Right. What I would it. say is, I would hope that Donald Trump, at some point, if we're looking for unity from him, and boy, oh boy, what a reach that would be, that he would tell those people, look, I, I was just upset. I'm disappointed. I don't like losing. It's like a column I wrote the other day where I, I sort of dreamed a speech that I wish he would just come clean on everything. And he should tell the people, believe this guy. The country needs to recover. You know, I was in. I am a one-termer. I'm out. It's time to get behind this guy. And listen to him and listen to his words. Maybe, you know, if he lives up to the promise that he made on Inauguration Day and before in all the speeches that he made, you really have nothing to complain about. Um, you know, there are going to be a lot of you who don't believe it was a fair election. I don't know what else I can tell you other than to say that there's no evidence of that. No, I think you're right. Uh, the only person who can fix that is Donald Trump. He has to come out and say and concede. He's not going to do that. We both know. No, nope. not going to do that. And um, and he's there's rumors that he's going to start a third party. If he does, that's really the end of uh, of the Republican Party. Uh, you know, probably five percent of them are Beltway. You know of the party or, or Beltway to run things right now, the establishment, so to speak, and 95% are the Trump people. So yeah, he it's up to, to Trump to do that. And he, he can wreak a lot of havoc if he doesn't. But I think I, if I was Joe Biden, I, I, 
I might have an answer for those 75%, or at least most of that 75%, and I would give them something they wanted. I would give them three things. So I would give them, you know, let's say um, undocumented immigrants here illegally, give them a path to citizenship. I think most Americans understand that, you know, which is, which is, which is among the plans that he has. Right. But at the same time, seal that border, whether it's with a wall or with its drones or, or, or something down there, seal that border so that we can, can maintain control. I think that's a reasonable compromise. Okay. That's one I would give those people. Um, Let's see. Uh, How about just come out, and uh, unequivocally condemn the summer rioters and hold them to the same accountability as the Capitol rioters. Come out and say that and make it a point that you're going to do that. Now, I think that that 75% of those people who doubt that you're the, the real president, uh, you won the race, uh, you won the election legitimately, I think that would go a long way of goodwill because, you know, there is a lot of double standards, particularly in in the media where it comes to uh, Antifa and, you know, the uh, the capital insurrectionists. You know, the, the, the for some reason, what happened in Portland and Kenosha and, and Chicago and Philly and, you know, all the cities across the country last summer, somehow that's. Uh, excusable or rationalized, but what happened at the Capitol, as awful as it is, uh, it isn't rationalized. And I think that there's a sense among those 75% of of, um, Republicans, which represent tens of millions of Americans, feel that that they aren't being treated fairly. So what do you think of that, Phil? Give them a couple things like that. President Mullane, that sounded good. Um, <laughs> How about okay? I said things. I almost forgot. I'll give you a third one. Appoint, appoint a bipartisan commission of people that both sides trust. You know, to come together and investigate all of these anomalies and strange things, and what the Supreme Court in Pennsylvania did. You know, extending the mail and examine all of that stuff right down to the last vote. You know, the suitcases or whatever it was in Georgia for the poll workers. Investigate that to clear the air once and for all that, you know, like they did with Bush v. Gore, you know, USA Today and the New York Times and the Associated Press. You know, they all got together and they paid a lot of money to count those votes and there were several, you remember, it ended up before the Supreme Court. And, you know, Gore wanted the the votes out of Broward County count it one way and Bush wanted it the other way. And it was up to the Supreme Court to decide what Florida election law was. And they decided in Bush's favor and Gore accepted that and went away. So I think that's what you really need. You need, you need a bipartisan commission to come out and say, OK, so if you counted it this way, if you counted it that way, it wouldn't have mattered. As the media investigation found out, no matter which way you counted it, which won that election, it was just a matter of was it 537 votes or 233 votes, you know. So what do you think of that? You know, bipartisan commission, let them investigate for a year or two and put out like a, a, a report that anybody can read and clearing the air so that we can have faith that that election was legit. Sounds like a good idea. I think um, it's, but, I, but, but yeah. if the conclusion after the investigation doesn't change anything, 
and they don't find any widespread voter fraud or, or, or underhandedness, um, then what? Do you think that's going to satisfy those folks? Well, here's why I have faith in the common sense and decency of most Americans, including those Republicans who think the election was stolen. Once that happens, <clears throat> once they hear somebody they know, say a point, I don't know, Rush Limbaugh or some Mark, Mark Levin, one of their one of their heroes, you know, one of yeah, the all the all the, all, the, all, the all, all the all the truth tellers, huh? Right. One of their fire breathers, whatever. One of their fire breathers from uh, from what is it? Uh, OAN. The, yeah. The, OAN. I don't even know what that stands for. Whatever. You know, put them on that panel. And when they hear that, listen, I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart, we looked at everything and it wouldn't have changed the outcome. You know, the margin might have been a little more, a little less, but it comes down to. <clears throat> Trump or Biden won by 47,000 votes in three key states, you know, and I think those are uh, Pennsylvania, Georgia and uh, and Wisconsin, you know, and just like it was in 2016, it came down to that almost that amount of votes because of the electoral college, you know, in PA, Michigan and, and Wisconsin. So I think if you did that, if Joe Biden did that, it would go a long way to unify the country because then he's got the economy to to figure out and what if to it, do if it played out, businesses. If it played out like that, I wouldn't bet the farm uh, uh, on uh, those folks finally accepting what happened uh, during the election. I mean, I, I don't know why this wasn't good enough for those folks that all of these court challenges were shot down and by and large by some some Republican uh, judges that were appointed by Donald Trump, that still wasn't good enough for them. His mm. judges said, nope, nothing here. You had a Supreme Court that he, he you know, he had, uh, what, three, three of them are in there, two of them are in there, mm. and they, and they, and they shot him down. So these are folks that he thought enough of to, to, to nominate and got confirmed and they still didn't find any voter fraud. So I don't know that a bipartisan commission is going to, going to change the minds of those folks. I just think people, people, people were so into him. I mean, you, we were, we were in Wildwood last year, right? Last year at this time. Today. At, right. It was, today, right? it was freezing and they Remember were that? sleeping out for three days to see him. So I understand, I understand the crazy devotion. So, you know, that said, I I can't see them changing anything, changing their mind because they wanted him again. Yeah. And, you know, that that really is uh, what is very unique about Donald Trump. Uh, He has a bond with uh, his supporters, his most ardent supporters. That's unbreakable. You know, the only person who can really break that bond between him and his voters is him. And so the answer, uh, you know, for unity really does lie with Donald Trump. And if he can talk about, you know, America first and make America great again, but if he doesn't come out and say that, you know, it was legit, whether he believes it or not, just for the sake of unity, um, then there's going to be problems because you have millions of people in this country who just are not going to get with the program. They're they're going to be forever divided. So. Yeah. You know, hopefully Joe Biden will offer those olive branches. 
hopefully uh, the people around him uh, will see the wisdom in that. But we'll have to see. In in six months, um, you know, we'll uh, we'll see if if he's just you know Joe Biden, you know, figurehead. Uh, or Joe Biden, who's really in charge and bringing the country through the dark winter he talked about uh, through his uh, through his campaign last fall. So, so before, go ahead, Phil. Make one more point. thing before before we go. Um, yeah. Well, we know where Joe Biden's going. He's going to the White House. Yeah. What what do you think becomes of Donald Trump, at least in the, the short term? Well, I really worry about that because, like I said, this bond he has between him and his supporters is uh, un unbreakable, uh, unless he breaks it, of course. And um, you know, it, it, there's, you know, I was talking to somebody in Bucks County, a, a guy I know real well, who was in like Flynn with MAGA and all that stuff, and he got out, um, you know, after the election because. In those inner circles of Trump supporters, it's very orthodox, he said, that if you say the slightest thing against Donald Trump or break with the orthodoxy of make America great again, uh, you're on the radar. You're iced. It's kind of like, you know, it's the cancel culture on the on the right, on the on the Trump right. You know, you mm -hmm. got the cancel culture on the left. You know, anybody who veers from orthodoxy. You know, uh, anybody who seems to be a little conservative, a little on the right, we're watching you, buddy. You know, I just got an email today. In fact, <laughs> I'm watching you. So uh, from that, from from Central County, of course. So you know, uh, that that is the danger, Phil. That if uh, it, he can make a lot of mischief, he can cause a lot of problems. But in the end, I think that's to the Democrats' benefit you know, yeah. a divided Republican Party is to the Democrats benefit. But, you know, look, Joe Biden, it, all this crazy talk, defunding the police is crackpot stuff like like, uh, you know, uh, the parts of the Green New Deal, you know, getting rid of cows, canceling air travel, you know, net net emission, carbon emissions by 2050. They tried doing that, making D.C. a state, you know, uh, they might get Medicare for all. I don't know. But any of that other stuff is just crack. But they're, they're going to lose in 2022 and again in 2024, you know. But I don't think it's going to be Trump in 2024. So I think he's he's over and out. Your, so, lips, your lips to God's ears. Over and out, just like our podcast today. So that's all we have today. Um, so why don't you get our commentary wherever fine podcasts are posted. Read our award-winning local coverage online and in print at the Bucks County Courier Times and the Intelligencer of Doylestown. I'm JD. I'm Phil. For all of us here at the Courier and the Intel, thanks for listening, but especially thanks for reading.